What is going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Very Cold Lasagna Podcast, the podcast that houses a safe and open listening platform for casual, cold, and even the dumbest takes on the world of WWE, AEW, the NFL, and the wide world of pro wrestling and sports in general. I'm your host, Dylan Lasagna. Welcome to today's episode, episode number 35. And when you're you're a casual, a hardcore, or core fan like me, we're in that middle spectrum of casual and hardcore. Whatever fan you are, it's time to open up that fridge and grab that very cold lasagna. Because today, we got another good show for you all. Because we got another edition, the second one, of the multi-topical wrestling episode. Now, if you missed the very first one back in March, I I pretty much had a lot on my plate when it came to wrestling. There was just so much I wanted to talk about. There's so much on my mind. So, it was kind of kind of big, too big to put in like separate separate videos. So, I thought to myself, "Hey, why not do another multi-topical wrestling episode? Whether it's news, or speculative and you know here we are once again with a second edition of the multi-topical wrestling episode and as you can tell by in the bottom half of the screen it's episode number two rolling silent for wwe you can probably tell what the first one of the first topics is gonna be but anyway if you didn't see the first episode like i said before we're gonna be talking about multiple topics here on today's show, we're going to be talking about um, a variety of things. And I'm going to give you giving my takes at a pretty speedy pace. It's not going to be like um, my usual very cold lasagna episodes where I focus on one particular topic and, you know, go all out on it. I'm going to be pretty much precise, speedy about it, move on to the next topic. And that's how it's going to roll here on today's episode of Very Cold Lasagna. But before we get into the multi-topical wrestling episode, the second edition, we gotta do them plugs like we always gotta do to start the show. So anyway, make sure to subscribe on YouTube, turn on the notification bell so you'll be notified of each and every episode to see this beautiful face, and listen to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor FM, and follow me on social media. You never know what I'm gonna be posting on there on Twitter and Instagram at Very Cold Lasagna. So let's get into the first topic of this multi-topical wrestling episode number two. And as you can tell by the subtitle, yeah, WWE went rolling silent at a music festival that happened last Friday in Miami, Florida. It was a music festival called Rolling Loud. It's this hip-hop festival in Miami that had musicians like 21 Savage, Post Malone, Travis Scott. I I don't I don't know exactly, but I think I don't know if Cardi B was also there, but I'll probably have to check again. But nonetheless, WWE did this collab with Rolling Loud, and for this like for a good seven or ten minutes on last Friday's SmackDown, while most of the show was in Cleveland, Ohio, you know the land of LeBron James, they aired two matches. For the festival portion. So on paper, it seemed like a good idea. You know, WWE gets big exposure in front of big crowd at a music festival. But, my God, it was embarrassingly bad. It was so bad. I I put out in a tweet that that Rolling Loud segment was so bad. Everyone was just 
crickets. They they didn't know what to how to react because well, WWE put out a bunch of mid carters. They put about they put out no names in front of people expecting to see I don't know musicians. I honestly don't know like how, what the people the attendees were their first reaction was. I don't know what their first reaction was when they saw. Oh, Smack, SmackDown is on the set list? What's a SmackDown? What's a WWE? Is Are they a musician? Are they a rock band? Are they a hip-hop artist? What's a SmackDown? And once they saw the uh, a, a ring, of whether it's a wrestling ring or a boxing ring, they're like, so is this like the piss break or something? <laughs> and it turned out to be the piss break. Because, yeah, you put out the Street Jobbers, Montez Ford and Angelo Dawkins, and then you put out chad gable and otis and then you put out bianca belair and carmella i mean carmella's you know but i mean some people might find carmella yeah yeah but still these are no names to people that either have never watched wrestling or people that do watch wrestling but are the true wrestling fans the casuals in the wrestling community if you wanted people to get excited at that festival, you would have put out John Cena and Roman Reigns, have them continue their feud at at Rolling Loud. You know, people would have gotten excited for that. At least pe- some people would have cheered or booed to an extent to John Cena. You know, they would have gone like, and his name is John Cena. And I, I don't, I don't know why WWE thought that wasn't a good idea. I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. And nobody on on social media even thought this was good. Whether it, you were, it was the people in attendance or the people, you know, the the, actual, the wrestling fans thought this was good. That that portion of the show tells you enough that yeah, <laughs> wrestling is as irrelevant as it is today. Especially to the true wrestling fans, the casuals. The casuals are the ones that matter to pro wrestling. They're they're the ones that matter to gaining new viewership, like merchandise, you know, ticket sales, ratings, etc., etc. And if a wrestling company doesn't put in the effort to attract new viewers or get people to buy merchandise, then they lose viewers. They lose money. And this was a big example of that. This is a big example. And honestly, a lot of the casual mentality is gone now because of the IWC, like pretty much gatekeeping pro wrestling away from the casuals. They're fuck the casual mentality. Like, oh, this is our sport. (laughs) They pretty much made it the, like the opposite of sports, to be honest with you. Like, at least with sports, like it's very open to to casual. It's casual friendly. You can at least watch it without any judgment whatsoever. With with wrestling? No. You can't. It's like if you if you watch wrestling, you try to tell your friends about wrestling, it's like yeah, you're pretty much shunned. It's it's disappointing. And if you try to talk about wrestling online, you get shunned for it too. That's sad. You get shunned by, by the smarks. It it sucks. It's it's literal gatekeeping. But anyway, back to the Rolling Loud thing. Um, it's just no wonder why pro wrestling will never reach the popularity 
or like the name recognition it once had because nobody knows who they are nobody knows a bianca bella nobody knows a carmella because WWE, and, and to a degree like this is in general these companies don't put any effort to you know educate people who they are this is the problem they make you do the research and that's that's a problem they make you do the work when it's their job to educate you on who they are they WWE did this a lot back in the day. I don't know why wrestling companies like make make you do it now. Sure, we're in the age of the internet, but still, isn't the point of a TV show to inform, entertain, and I guess it would agree persuade you? Isn't it? It's the same thing with wrestling. I don't know why it's strayed away from that so much. Oh, so we could put on good technical work rate? Some great five-star cuck-a-suck clone matches it makes no sense and rolling loud was a big rolling silent fail for wwe and that was a big example of of yeah casuals are very much needed in pro wrestling it's very much needed to be honest with you and i'm 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 just tired of the the casual gatekeeping like keeping the casuals away from pro wrestling by the iwc but anyway let's talk about monday night raw let's talk about monday night raw because there were some things or lack thereof (laughs) that happened on the road to SummerSlam in vegas which by the way um vegas is now having a mass mandate because of the delta variant that of covid so for those of you attending SummerSlam, um, well, uh, just keep your mask on at all times. So there, there you have it. Um, that might persuade, that might persuade you to not attend or sell your tickets. But we'll see what happens um, with SummerSlam in Vegas. So a little news flash there. So anyway, back to Monday Night Raw. Some Raw highlights for you. Um, so Nikki Cross opens the show celebrating her Raw Women's t- title cash in from the, the previous week. So you know. Brief memory uh, refreshment. Yeah, Nikki Cross won Money in the Bank, the woman's Money in the Bank. Um, yeah, she just, you know, did that Luigi wins by doing absolutely nothing meme impression. She just casually climbed up the ladder, grabbed the briefcase, won the, the yeah, won the briefcase. Then the next night, cashed in, won the Raw Women's title. And, you know, you already know my thoughts on this. I thought it was too fast for as much as I don't like the gimmick. Too fast for Nikki Cross. But anyway, so she's celebrating. She's talking about what the character is about. I mean, at least they're trying to explain the character. Um, At least they're they're at least trying with character development. But the problem here is the promo. This this is where, like, when I was watching highlights for today's episode, this was the problem with um, Nikki Nikki Cross's promo. She's still calling herself almost a superhero, even after winning the title, because. She believes in herself, and she's not afraid of anything in them anymore, especially after winning the Raw Women's title. So, she also says, if you believe in yourself too, and if you're not afraid of anything, you can almost be a super superhero. You can, you know, you can't be a superhero. You can almost be a superhero if you believe in yourself, 
and you're not afraid of anything. Not You can be a superhero if you believe in yourself. You can almost be a superhero. How does that make sense? How does almost being a superhero, how does believing yourself so you can almost be a superhero make sense? Like That's like saying, you know, Patrick Starr believing himself to become almost become Patrick Man. I don't know if you, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if that's the best example for like modern SpongeBob fans. You know, Patrick for all, has how stupid he is. You know, using his willpower to defeat the dirty butthole to almost become Patrick Man, whatever it is. <laughs> I'm trying to come up with the best example possible, but regardless, they're sending the wrong kind of message here to kids. Um, because that's what WWE's audience is. The kids! You know, you have to think of the kids! So, yeah, it's, it's like, wrong messaging here. Like, you, you can't almost be a superhero if you believe in yourself. You have to go the whole route. If you believe in yourself, you can be a superhero. You, and why is it that when you attain the highest possible goal, Aren't you supposed to already be a superhero? I don't know. Or maybe it it's just that she's still almost a superhero because she wants to obtain more? Maybe. Maybe that's the case. I don't know. But then again, what's there left to not be almost a superhero? You know, what's there left so Nikki Cross can be Nikki superhero? I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm looking too deep into it when I really shouldn't, to be honest with you, because this gimmick is, you know, not the greatest. But yeah, it's just, this this really is mind-boggling. This is really mind-boggling. So Charlotte later came out and she cut promo in the most god awful way possible, talking like how really I I I talk. You know, me talking like this you know stuttering like my ass does a lot here on this show <laughs> it's saying um um yeah uh <laughs> pretty much like that charlotte was talking pretty much like how i talk both here on the camera and off camera but i will give her this for as much as i hate her she at least made one decent point she did nikki cross doesn't have the star power to carry the women's division but then charlotte's kind of a hypocrite telling herself yeah telling telling nikki cross that and i'm just thinking to myself yeah charlotte doesn't have the star power herself to carry a woman's division either so i don't know why she's telling nikki cross that so Rhea ripley came out demanded a rematch too and then adam pierce sonia deville came out to book a triple threat match for the roman title and then set up nikki cross versus charlotte in a non-title match for the main event of raw which charlotte won and then Nikki Cross went on this promo talking about how she almost beat Charlotte and that almost made her a superhero and then challenged her to a rematch next week and then Charlotte attacked her to end the show and then they did this all like in a hurry because the Olympics were was going to continue coverage after Raw. So yeah. So yeah, this this Raw Women's program is bad, <laughs> really bad. The opening segment, when I had to watch snippets of it, I had to play at two times speed because, like, not only was their talking so bad, it was as bad as my stuttering, but it's just the writing on the wall. It makes no sense. 
it it makes no sense like i'm just still baffled like how is nikki cross still almost a superhero even when she's at the top of the women's division does she need to prove herself that she belongs as roman's champion does she need to surpass the stalest chips becky lynch as the longest roman's champion why is she still almost a superhero maybe they need to explain that so i can you know not look into this much deeper than it should than i should but i, I guess you know nikki cross is, is not a russell wilson pete carroll-esque seattle she hawk you know she's not at least she's not one of those like charlotte and Rhea ripley and i will say this for as much as this whole triple threat doesn't make any sense at least it keeps becky the cringe lynch off tv so that's good enough for me <laughs> it keeps becky the cringe off tv so other things that happened on raw included uh bobby lashley dominating in a handicap match uh, against his former hurt businessman Sheldon benjamin and cedric alexander in a handicap match so this was pretty much to send a message to goldberg he Robbie Lashley even did like spears and jackhammers to both of them to send a message. And yeah, Goldberg wasn't there in Kansas City. So I don't know. They're prolonging this um announcement for for the match for for SummerSlam. I don't know. I guess we'll see what happens. So also something else that happened on Raw that was kind of relevant was the NXT champion Karen Cross beating former NXT champion Keith Lee in a rematch from NXT TakeOver 30? Was it 30 last uh, year? I think it was last August, whatever it was. But anyway, and people are upset by this because, well, the fact that they were booked in the match in the first place and that neither person could afford a loss. People were hoping like a countout or a disqualification or an or contest or something. But Karen Cross tapped out uh, Keith Lee in the cross jacket submission and yeah, I mean, I, I actually have to side with people like the people complain about this on this one because WWE just likes to book themselves in corners a lot. Like they did it last week with Karrion Cross and Jeff Hardy, who came back with a huge ovation coming out with uh, his old theme song that I love so much. No more words, but they continue to do it again by booking themselves in a corner, putting two guys that can't afford a loss and nobody wins in the end like i don't know why they continue to do this and there was a lot of other stupidity that happened like lily lucian whatever that is the miss the mrs jizz stick you know that all that cum coming out of his um jizz stick and matt riddle being stupid as fuck as usual um and then the back obviously the backward writing on the superhero sending mixed messages that i been talking about and a bunch of other stupidity and you know what that got raw the raw rating was 1.84 now again i don't talk about ratings that much but yeah this is a result of pure stupidity like i don't know why raw continues to be this way i really don't and this is even like with a show that's building towards a major match with Bobby Lashley and Goldberg. Honestly, even with Cena and Goldberg last week, they didn't even crack 2 million viewers. And that's sad, you know? That's very telling of how even with all the all their drawing power that 
they have with the real wrestling fans, aka the casuals, they can't help reach two million because the rest of the show sucks ass. And yeah, without them, yeah, it's it. WWE's lucky to only get that that low of a drop from one point nine to one point eight four. But imagine once Goldberg and Cena are gone after SummerSlam, my God. The fans in attendance are not going to be happy. Like, with the show that WWE produces, whether it's a Raw or SmackDown after SummerSlam. And you wonder why both casuals and smarks hate the shit show. Like, for for something, for for the battle lines that casuals and smarks have in pro wrestling, they can at least um, agree in harmony that Raw sucks. We can all at least agree on that, right? Right. So let's continue on here. We have a couple more topics here on the Multitopical Wrestling episode number two. WWE is apparently having a Queen of the Ring tournament. Yeah. A Queen of the Ring tournament. Think about that. So the dates, according to Andrew Zarian of the Matt Men podcast, are scheduled for the October 8th SmackDown and the October 11th SmackDown. Uh, not the October 11th SmackDown, the October 11th Monday Night Raw, with the finals set in, guess where? Saudi Arabia, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, that is right. Blood money, Saudi Arabia is making a comeback in WWE. Oh my God. Just when you thought that the pandemic would have taught WWE a, a valuable lesson in not going back to that blood money place. But no, they're going back because they got blood money obligations of the but yeah I just don't understand why they have to go back there and in regards to the queen of the ring tournament I have a lot of questions <laughs> how many women are going to be in this tournament is it going to be like that 16 man field that WWE often does with the king of the ring tournament and even then do you even have enough qualified women to do this tournament I I don't I don't think so. I really don't. Or 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 they're going to do this. Let, let me see. They're going to do this. They're just going to have Charlotte Flair and all the tag teams like Shotzi Blackheart and Tegan Knox. They're in one bracket and then Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler in the other bracket and then Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell in the other bracket and then there's Charlotte Flair getting a first round bye in in the other bracket, and then it'll all come full circle, and Charlotte Flair is gonna be made the queen of the ring. Oh my god! And all the smarts are gonna come in rage. Come on, y'all! What's queen? What's this queen of the ring bullshit becomes official, and Charlotte is in it, and you still won't believe this was all set up for Charlotte to become an official queen with a crown. I don't know what to tell you. I really don't. Like this Queen of the Ring, and and if Charlotte Flair is gonna be in it, it's all gonna be designed for her. Nothing more, nothing less. It's all bullshit. In all honesty, King of the Ring, like in general, hasn't meant shit since Brock Lesnar won it in 2002 and won the WWE title from The Rock. In that classic Brock versus Rock match at SummerSlam. So what makes you think 
that both a king in the ring sorry a queen of the ring a queen of the ring tourney is going to mean anything but when whenever it's official i'm i'm just curious i'm just curious <laughs> i don't know it it's an interesting point so apparently that's going to be a thing it's just a matter when WWE officially announces it, probably after SummerSlam, that this Queen of the Ring thing is going to be made official. I'm honestly kind of surprised that, well, not really, that Evolution 2 hasn't been a thing. But then again, there's no star power on the women's roster and in general. So, moving away from WWE, let's talk about All Elite Wrestling. In, in today's episode, to wrap it up, let's talk about... Yeah, two wrestlers that are the Smarks favorites, CM Punk and Daniel Bryan. And apparently there had been speculation and it's been a hot topic for the last two weeks that they may be all elite. So let's start with CM Punk. So various dirt sheets have reported that CM Punk is preparing for an in-ring return to pro wrestling and the last time wrestled was at the Royal Rumble in 2014 and as I mentioned for the last what the last month in the retro review of Money in the Bank and the Pipe Bomb retro review CM Punk walked away ungrateful bitter his own ego consumed him but nonetheless he's preparing for an in-ring return AEW is his most preferred destination and there are possible other signs that he's going to AEW, like his his band, like the band that performed Cult of Personality, you know, CM Punk's other theme song in WWE. Living Color started following AEW on Twitter, and then Punk put up this social media video, like trolling all the people that were following the rumors. So that's what's going on with CM Punk right now. So nothing confirmed yet. So in regards to Daniel Bryan. The, the dirt sheets have also speculated that he is, could also be signing with AEW and that a deal is already locked up. So, obviously, nothing official yet. There's nothing official, ladies and gentlemen, with either of these guys going to AEW. They could, be, they could already be signed. They could already have shown up on Dynamite. They could have already shown up at Fight for the Fallen. Or, who knows? They could show up at All Out. But at the time of this recording, at the time of this episode, neither has happened. But obviously, things can change. But I will say this: I'm whatever Daniel Bryan and CM Punk want to do, it's their choice. I, I don't care. I'm just the guy sitting in a chair talking about pro wrestling, and a lot of these people that are reporting it, they're talking about it on their own podcast. Are the same? Are in the same shoe? Are in the same shoes? We're just we're we're guys just expressing opinions, like. Personally, I'm I'm, I, I'm not as smarky as them. I'm just a guy that, that just wants to see good pro wrestling, like you know, larger than life characters and lar- and good matches with actual clear cut storytelling. Unlike you know, certain podcasters and and dirt cheat writers. But going back to Daniel Bryan, yeah. You already know how I feel about him. Outside of that yes movement, this dude, yeah, it's, it's not interesting. 
this dude is not interesting. So he can have all the matches, all all the creative control he wants in AEW, but he's not going to move the needle. He is not going to make any noise. He's not going to help AEW make any noise on the mainstream market. He's not going to attract any real wrestling fans, like casual wrestling fans, you know, the ones that are most interested in trying to get engaged with pro wrestling, trying to see that larger-than-life character. Daniel Bryan is not that guy. And I'm mostly concerned about Daniel Bryan and AEW and because, you know, AEW has that very strong indie style that does all the flips and the kicks. And Daniel Bryan fills the void with the, the kicks portion of that style of wrestling. And Daniel Bryan does dives too. So I'm very concerned about his health because this is a dude that already retired once due to concussions. And one bad bump, one one botch could cut his career short again. I'm, I'm just concerned. I don't want Dana Ryan to, you know. But I'm just saying. I I want I'm I'm concerned about Daniel Bryan the person, like his safety. So if he wants to go there, more power to him. I'm I would just hopefully he has a a schedule that fits him, that's good for his health, that works for him. So as for CM Punk, I have a lot of things to say about it. I I, I honestly like Punk over Brian. And a lot of the indie schmucks that are out there. Um, sure, he has a lot of the the move. He had a lot of the moves that a lot of like people like Daniel Bryan, Adam Cole, um, Seth Rollins possess nowadays. But unlike them, he can at least cut a damn promo. He he can at least cut like promos. He has good verbal charisma, like. You know, walking, like, you know, those non-verbal um, charisma, not so much. But on the mic, he's pretty good. Like, I'll give him that. But I just don't know if, you know, the real wrestling fan, the casual, is going to, like, enjoy CM Punk being back in pro wrestling after seven years of, you know, being away from the, from the product. You know. Like, did, I don't even know if, like, wrestling fans, like, you know, the, the casual, the core fan, enjoyed CM Punk in the first place in wrestling. Like, being in the main event scene after the pipe bomb. And in all honesty, in my opinion, I think the ship has sailed on CM Punk returning to wrestling. Like, if he wanted to return to wrestling so bad, he should have done so in 2019. Like, when he was still on that FS1 show. He should have returned, should have made a return at the Royal Rumble, like, in 2020. Yeah, sure, Edge was there, but CM Punk could have also made a return, but, yeah, he's been gone for over seven years, and his his name value is is next to nothing. I'm sorry to say, outside of the hardcore wrestling bubble, he has next to no name value, no, like, none. And I, I'm just... Like with Daniel Bryan, I'm just kind of wondering, like, how is his body? Especially after being gone from the ring for so long. 
Now, sure, he had a, a, that failed UFC career, um, but ever since then, I just hope he's been like, you know, staying healthy, trying to gain some muscles and all that, trying to trying to work out. Um, but he's forty two, and you know, I just hope that if he comes back, I, I hope he has a good comeback in pro wrestling. But I just hope his body will be able to keep up with it. Um, so both Punk and Brian will be novelty acts. Um, when they when they come to AEW, people will be like, "Oh yeah, we're, we're, they're they're finally here. They're gonna change the game." But yeah, after like a couple weeks, the it'll show that yeah, they're just they're, they're just guys in AEW. And it pretty much be the same, you know. It'll be like the the gatekeeping ass wipe of an organization that doesn't want casuals there. That doesn't want casuals watching their watching their um you know beloved five star matches with Kenny Omega and the Cucks of Suck and Cody Rhodes. But I mean, more power to CM Punk and Daniel Bryan going to AEW if they want to. I'm just saying that they're not gonna move the needle. They're really not going to move the needle in getting mainstream attention, getting real, actual wrestling fans to watch the product. Sorry to say it. So, to wrap up today's episode, um, I want to talk about AEW again. Um, because they seem to be extremely concerned with the Delta variant and the, the relation to that COVID, the COVID cases in relation to their Delta variant, to to yeah, <laughs> with sir with the recent surges of the delta variant covid cases but anyway to continue on with my rambling ass and my stuttering ass <laughs> uh cassidy hayes a writer for bodyslam.net he broke some news on major events in cities like chicago and new york for aw possibly being affected by the delta variant of covid19 and some key quotes that I pulled up from the article are as follows, and I quote, While speaking to sources within, I was told that AEW is extremely concerned about the recent surge in COVID cases, possibly disrupting their events for Chicago, New York, St. Louis, and beyond. Over the last week, discussions have ramped up internally as COVID cases have begun to explode across the country, on the, across the country thanks to the Delta variant, by the way. This has caused AEW to begin conversations about what to do if there's a shutdown, up to and including a potential prolonged return to Daly's place in Jacksonville again. Additionally, I was told that it's an all-hands-on-deck type situation currently, but ultimately, Tony has to make a decision about what is right for the talent, and especially the fans. With the CDC now recommending national mask guidelines, the concern is that it's only a matter of time before they recommend the banning of large gatherings. I was told... That right now, the, their biggest concerns are the status of the upcoming shows in Chicago and New York, as both cities have been proactive in regards to preventing measures as an attempt to stop the recent surge in new cases. So internally, AEW is continuing with their existing plans, but they're paying close attention to what local authorities in Chicago and in Cook County, I think that's in New York, as well as other parts of the country are doing, as the company potentially has some the biggest events in their history slated over the next few months. So I will give AEW this. Um, for as much as I rag on them about you know gatekeeping from the casuals, 
um, like not having any larger than life characters, not doing any in storytelling or enough storytelling. I will say, at least they're trying to, you know, adjust, and they're paying attention to the COVID pandemic. Unlike WWE, they're paying much more attention. They're on top of their game to the pandemic than WWE is. But man, it, this sucks. Like this, 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 this is not good. Like. I'm no health expert or doctor or anything. And I'm, I'm looking at the symptoms of the Delta variant. They're the same as the standard uh, coronavirus. Like, the symptoms are... Some of the symptoms are fever, dry cough, muscle ache, shortness of breath. Except the Delta variant is much more infectious and spreads faster, apparently. And it's... Sadly, a lot of the states, including here in California... Um, are going back to mask mandates in public places. And I know a lot of people, whether they're vaccinated or not, they're not happy about that. And I know a lot of people that are going to be attending these wrestling events, whether it's SummerSlam in Vegas, All Out in Chicago, or that um, Dynamite in the the tennis stadium in New York. They're not happy. They're, they're probably not going to be happy about having to wear a mask um, at all times in, in the crowd. Some, I mean, some of them will be um, willing to, but not all of them are. Um, it's just, it's just a sad situation. Now, obviously, I, I'm, if I were to attend a show, I would be perfectly fine wearing a mask at all times. Um, I, again, I'm, I know some people aren't, but it's just that if AEW has to move back to Daily's place, like, that's good, good for them, you know. Like they're doing this for the safety of of their staff, the wrestlers, their the executives, everyone in AEW. At least they're on top of it. You know, they're staying they're they're putting the safety of themselves over you know over everyone else. And they're doing Yeah, they're doing it out of necessity. And if they do end up going back to Daly's place for for a prolonged period of time, especially if for whatever reason, there's a shutdown again, which I hope there isn't. Don't get butt hurt, please don't. Like this, this is just, like for as overblown this thing, this this COVID thing can get. Like it's serious, it's really serious. It's like the health and the health of everyone, whether you're a wrestler or a health worker or like whatever occupation you are, it's more important than attending one or two wrestling events. Even if you consider this this COVID an overblown fear tactic, so hopefully, um, hopefully it doesn't the surge in COVID cases like don't like rise too dramatically, and hopefully there's not a shutdown again. Um, I hope that you know it it's it's steady, but not like you know obviously to the point that a WWE or an AEW has to go back to the the pandemic times where they had to go to a, Dunder, a Thunderdome or a Daily's Place or whatnot. But if they have to, then we have to respect it. It's for the safety of others. It's for the safety of their, ta- their workers, you know? But that's just my two cents on that. So, again, I'm no health expert, but 
it, it it's just my thoughts. So anyway, that's it for this episode of Very Cold Lasagna. That's it for the multi-topical wrestling episode number two. Rolling silent for WWE. And some things about AEW. <laughs> but anyway, what do you guys think about this episode? What do you guys think about the topics discussed in this uh, multi-topical wrestling episode? The second edition. Let me know. Whether it's the comments on YouTube or a comment on the post on Twitter or Instagram. Or however way you want to discuss about this on, <laughs> on the relation of this episode of Very Cold Lasagna. Let me know. Speak your mind however way you can. But anyway, that's it for this episode of Very Cold Lasagna. I'm your host, Dylan Lasagna. Make sure to subscribe and turn on that notification bell on YouTube. Listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor FM. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Very Cold Lasagna. And as always, keep that lasagna very cold in the fridge with your takes on the world of pro wrestling and sports in that fridge very cold. And I just hope that this uh, surge in COVID cases doesn't get too high so people can attend shows, even with masks, so they can have a good time. Whether it's at SummerSlam in Vegas or all out in Chicago, you know, let these wrestling fans have a good time. And if they have to move it back, respect respect WWE or AEW's decision. Please do. But anyway, that's it for me. Until next time, until the next episode of Very Cold Lasagna, peace out.